guys, guys, this is such a special episode. Oh my god, like, I, and it's so special that I, I can't even wrap my emotions around it. I brought two people on, one of which you know. Uh, we got Greg here, our producer. We have our friend Scott. And the reason why I have these two on with the top 200 episodes of all the time, these guys I associate as experts. Also, Ryan. I mean, you guys know Ryan by by this point. And, and unfortunately, he was... Uh, I, 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 I asked him, you know, and potentially he was, he was busy. But I, there was no question in my mind that with or without, I had to include... These guys right here, Scott and, and Greg. So just say just say hi to to everyone for us, guys. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, I'm Scott. Man, it's an honor to be here. Uh, I've been friends with Double A for quite a few years now. Um, so I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast and talk about our mutual interests, in this case being movies. So looking forward to jumping into it. You know who it is, your producer, <laughs> uh, Greg. Yeah, I love, love movies, watching them with uh, these guys. Great time. Excited. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna really, like, we, we got to be a little bit fast with this, so I'm going to j- jump right into it. But basically, what this is, we're going to split this into two parts, is, it, well, it, it's the top 200, but technically it's more like t- top 230-something, because I, I, there are some movies that I didn't feel like I needed to rank, but there are more than 200, and plus we like clear-cut, easy numbers, and I just, it's, so basically this is just a list. This is my list, this is not... Like oh you know that I'm like a movie critic. It's like it's basically it does two things. Number one, I like comparing and I have to put it down on paper. It also encourages other people to do this. So definitely don't think that uh, oh yeah, so I have to think about this movie as bad or, or good because of where it is on my list. Think about it as like me as a way to um, to just think about some things uh, that uh, that either you saw in the movie that like oh yeah I didn't think about that. That's a really different and nice perspective. Or if you didn't see the movie. I would definitely say this is worth your time. I was think with the top 150, I would recommend it, and you're not wasting your time with it. You know there are some that are very long and stuff like that. So let's get right into it. So th- these are movies that are not ranked, but these are movies that are tremendous stories. I think, but they're decent movies. You know, I'm not sure I felt like ranking them. So I'm going to basically just go off of like a, a few, a, a, like a, not a few, but a good amount here. So we have True Story, we have Gone Girl, 42, Great Gatsby, Insurgent, Freedom Riders, Lion, 21, The Hurricane, White Boy Rick, Sully, The Social Network, Blindside, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Blood Diamond, The Black Klansman, I think there's like a few K's in there. But still, still a nice, good film. But as you know, I'm not too big into biographies and still one hell of a story. Uh, Let Him Go, The uh, Illusionist with Edward Norton, Kite Runner, Bridge to Tower Bithia, Perks of Being a Wallflower, To Kill a Mockingbird, The Woman in the Window. So with most of those uh, movies, their books, I did read them. And that's where I'm like, I have to take the bias out of it. Like there are movies where uh, you don't read a book and you think they're very great, but because you didn't read the book, you didn't really get to see what they missed out and you know, and whatever. And I really wanted to be fair about that. So like Gone Girl, for example, people think that's an amazing movie, but because I read it, I'm like, I there's a lot of things that they missed out. They had to cut this and that, you know. And, and I understand you don't have that much time to work with it. And the books are usually pretty long. Ever since then, I'm like, if I read a book, I, I'm honestly just not even ranking because you can say. In that case i'm pretty pretty biased so and also another thing is too that i might forget uh like i see i've seen a lot of movies i know these guys see more movies than me 
But when it comes to these lists and explaining like why they are the way they are and what have you, I might forget a few, and that's where these guys might chime in and say like, oh, I did see that, you know, and might re re like uh, like help my memory a little bit, which I don't have a great memory. So the first movie I want to uh, just say, and it's not ranked, the worst movie of all time I think is Godfather 3. I don't even know why they even tried to put it out there past Pacino's prime, and they, it was just such a poor execution, and I, and, I, and, I, and I don't even I don't even want you to see it. Some people might say, oh my god, it's so bad, you have to see it. Like, no. Please do not even waste your time. Like mo some of those scenes, I could have done by myself. Like like the end, and in which uh, this uh, this also reminds me that there are spoilers, so listeners' discretion is advised. And now let's get into the list. So it starts at two hundred and thirty-four with Fracture, which it, it, a lot of potential, good plot, just so many plot holes. Uh, you also have it's pretty predictable. So and definitely don't forget about the previous episode, which I basically lay out my, the things I think about the my sort of quote unquote movie equation. Predictability is definitely something I take off. The Mule with um, with uh, uh, Clint Eastwood. I you know it's it's I felt like it should be on the list, and it it, it kind of felt like you, you like um, it, it almost predictable as well, but also a little bit slow and kind of dragged on a little bit. The African Queen. Um, I think we watched that one, Greg, with, uh, with I guess, quote-unquote, movie club. Hunt for the World's People, which, which is an international one. Um, the Invincible Man, which I have to admit, I'm not too big into horror, but that's probably the biggest horror, for the, the, the most known horror from that, that I've watched. So, uh, yeah, it's at uh, 2.30 there in The Invisible Man. Yo, yeah, so I should, like, number it. Yeah, so, yeah, so now we're at 2.30 in which, yeah, we made so much, <laughs> so much progress. Um, with that one, it's just basically, I just, I guess, poor execution with that one. I mean, what, 7 out of 10 on IMDb? I don't know where that would necessarily be on this one. Maybe like a 6. Uh, the Devil's Advocate. Now, that was just a weird pairing between Reeves and Pacino. And I don't know with, with, with that one. Uh, that was a while since I've seen that one. Inherit the Wind. Don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a, it's based on something that is true with the, what they call the monkey trials and like evolution you know whatever but i'm just like it just again it, it did feel a little bit predictable you kind of knew who's going to win that and i'm like oh are you sure about that uh but then the next one 227 is clerks which i know greg is a, a big fan of that one i'm just not into comedy i the only kind i guess i am into is dark comedy and that one's kind of like don't get me wrong there's a plot there it's like a hangout movie sort of but i'm like uh that just doesn't do it it's, for it's me. a dark comedy in what way is it a dark comedy? Um, it looks at life as if there's really not much else to it, in uh. a way. Because, you know, they're slackers, they're these, these clerks. Um, they don't do much. They definitely have some... There's dark jokes in there, mm. there's stuff like that. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, but when I used to watch it, I watched it like every few months. Uh, one of my favorites. <laughs> and that's a big one, too, because that's... When you think of you know Kevin Smith's discogra discography, um, <laughs> I, I keep saying discography, which I always like it's supposed to be with music. But when you think of his like roster of movies, um, Clerks is definitely the most iconic, at least to me. Um, mm -hmm. Just it really put him on the map, and I think that a lot of people really hold it in high regard. Um, it definitely is definitely a highlight of when it comes to like '90s comedies, and mm -hmm. um, really just appreciate his sort of film style and being able to really create that film on a low budget and kind of just 
incorporating what he knew prior to his experiences. And now, of course, you know, he has tons of experience with filmmaking. But it's really cool with that one just because you kind of see his origins mm. as a director. Yeah. And I forgot, you, you, so, so uh, you're a big history guy. That definitely can play with, like, this with this episode. Like, like how the fact that the legacy fact, the impact that moves my maybe. Because I, I, I know that could have been, like, maybe a cold classic. I think that's the yeah. one of the terms. That definitely could have been Clerks. Could have been. Uh, Blue Velvet, which I think was Stanley Kubiak's last movie. Uh, that was just too... Actually, I may have been thinking about uh, sh- uh, Eyes Wide Shut, actually. So they, they're, they're similar. It's similar. And, I'm, and that's just too weird. A lot of, like, too, like, too sexual romantic. It just, it just got too weird, too strange for me. What's Blue Velvet? Is that Lynch? Uh, I, that does feel like uh, David Fincher. No, no, no. no, you don't want him. No. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I am a big David Fincher fan because uh, of... Uh, my top ten movie that I haven't uh, that was I almost said but I haven't yet but I don't know mm, if it, yeah. it David Lynch David Lynch also okay. oh, I mean come on ha- one name out of two that's not bad um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World I I actually thought about oh, should I watch it you know it's it's cute you know it's it's <laughs> nice um, it's still too like childish like you're killing off guys you know whatever for and then even what I feel, no they actually I was about to say that they didn't end up they did end up together but still it's just a weird way to go about romance and again i do like fresh a little bit different but it's not that kind of movie yeah and that's definitely for me it's definitely for i know for a lot of people a lot of people rank that as when it comes to edgar wright's films i I think a lot of people really like scott program and i think it's definitely sort of developed into its own as a cult classic film whether Mm. you read the comics or not i definitely have been meaning to get around to that but that's definitely a film where um the the cartooniness of it um the performances of course you have a lot of great roles from Michael Sarah, um, Anna Kendrick. Um, yeah, the he, actors are great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's overall, it's a well-rounded film for sure. Yeah, uh, so then we get to 224, uh, and the only reason I watched this movie is because the iconic scene with Tom Cruise dancing in his underwear is risky <laughs> business, and I will say another reason why I do like going through all these movies and having that nostalgia is because you have classic lines, classic scenes. That I, I, I have to admit, I got into the song, The Rock and Roll, Based on that scene in which, you know, I think it came out of nowhere on YouTube. That's definitely not the greatest of movies. I feel like it almost, it feels like, um, um, Furious Bueller-esque a little bit. It's Mm. a little bit similar. I don't even think I ranked that one here, but that does feel like it's similar. Uh, 223, so now, so I'm still not even up to 200 yet. Passengers with Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Pratt, it's kind of like sci-fi. kind of makes you think a little bit. Uh, A Bronx Tale... Um, so like basically a really poor man's version of uh, the Godfather and Goodfellas. Uh, you also have the Polar Express, which would be good around the Christmas time holidays. Which I really don't. Uh, which I think that when you bring up Christmas movies, you don't hear Polar Express a lot. You hear it a lot with Elf and It's a Wonderful Life, which I I would argue It's a Wonderful Life is not a Christmas movie because that could have taken place during any specific season. It then it just so happened to be during Christmas. But well, with that, that's the same argument you could say for. Well, a similar argument for what's that movie? Um, Die Hard. Where it's oh like, yeah, yeah. It's people just, say, I, I, people it's say it's a Christmas just, movie, it yeah, or a holiday movie. During Christmas, right? So I, I guess that could fit to your argument if yeah. that yeah. Didn't, if Wonderful Life didn't take place during Christmas. So with then, Di- so with Die Hard, I haven't seen it, but it, it sounds like as if it's like a James Bond. It's a Bruce Willis. It's, I know it's that Bruce Willis. I wouldn't but, say James Bond. But it's definitely Die Hard is not a Christmas film. Like Christmas, it has to be with Santa. Has to be with elves. There has to be mm. snow involved. Definitely, that it has to be like almost for the family and kids. You know, like I'm not sure you want your kids watching Bloody and 
violent, that kind of action kind of stuff. Maybe like a car chase, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. like that. Uh, you also have the Blues Brothers, which, which I watched like a month ago. It's it's nice, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like uh, like especially when I think that's the only the only one I know that's based on like a skit on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I I definitely would say I would check that one just based on like you know just that's kind of like a, a lasting kind of like film to watch too. Uh, too kind of uh, it was it was not as funny as I thought, but still kind of funny. Uh, Marley and Me is just a tearjerker. I think uh, maybe that's why it's as high as it is. It's two nineteen. Network's a weird one. I don't remember too much about it, but that's kind of like, you know, again, the reason why I'm bringing some of these up, maybe you can check them out. Network's kind of like uh, something kind of out of the ordinary. Uh, Ace in the Hole uh, kind of also has to do with like reporting, and Network's kind of like with that too. Uh, that's a 217. Silence is the one that I think Scott recommended to me. That was, you know, I, 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 a little bit slow paced, mm-hmm. too slow paced for me, but still, I think that was based on a true story. Anything yeah, it, 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 it is definitely a slower-paced movie. I, it, it is definitely up there with, like, my favorites of Scorsese. It's certainly far from, you it's know, like a typical it's far from movie, his best. Actually. Yeah, it's definitely out of, sort of out of his normal realm. Um, but I think the performances, um, I mean, you have Adam Driver, Andrew Garfield. Um, uh, they, they really do a great job. Everybody in that movie does good. But I think the pacing of it and, you know, just the overall messaging of it, it was nice. But I think for me, really seeing Scorsese kind of, take a step back and take this like slow methodical approach to trying to convey this this history when it comes to you know how christianity was spread and how it was you know preached and it's definitely makes for an an interesting time especially if you're into like the historical element of religion it's i would say it's worth a watch if you can check it out Mm -hmm. uh so then uh then we get into friday which is i add to it's it's a hangout movie i think uh, i watched it because teratina said you know he's really into hangout movies and i definitely would recommend that if you're just like again not you don't want to be too serious you just want to watch a little bit of something for an hour uh, the two hours, yeah, almost yeah. two hours. And Friday's good too because for, I think Friday's a movie where it, it definitely really had an impact on pop culture. Like, you know, it came out in what, 92, 93? So this mm-hmm. was like Ice Cube was just beginning his acting career and then Chris Tucker. I, I, get, I guess this is the movie that kind of made him well known, like a household name. But yeah, Friday's just like one of those like quintessential just hangout movies that definitely has had a huge impact on. I think a lot of people who grew up during that time, and it, you know, captures that '90s era decently well. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we get the bad news bears, which basically I just put it on here because it's a baseball movie, something that I, that I just found like I can relate to. You know, and I feel like a lot of uh, kids that play baseball can relate to. Uh, you also have the Aquatic Life of Steve Zissou, the, uh, mm-hmm. the Life Aquatic with the Life Aquatic, yeah, with Steve. It, Zizu, whatever you, yeah, that was a weird that. one, but still kind of like you know, kind of like uh, it was still cute, kind of fascinating water and, and like a little bit of science and everything. Uh, v for Vendetta, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, definitely another interesting got me to think a little bit. I think I had to do a lot with Rebellion. Natalie mm-hmm. Portman, I always have respect for with her acting. Days and Confused, and uh, so it's a good another hangout movie. But again, I can't rank it like so so high. It's uh, like again, if you want to. Maybe you are high. Maybe you are, you know, like in a uh, in a place of mind that, or you just want to relax. Still, definitely a great movie to see, um, like I did for Friday. Greg, have you seen Days and Confused? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for me, this this is a movie where I, I'm Days and Confused, arguably maybe in my top, maybe favorite thirty movies. So it's a um, favorite. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm I'm generally kind of a sucker for Linklater films, um, <laughs> but Days and Confused is one that when I first watched it, 
I, I kind of didn't really appreciate and just thought it was like okay. But when I went back and rewatched it, I really developed an appreciation for it. Um, I think it's one of those movies where, and I think Tarantino said it when he was going over some of his favorite movies year by year, but it's a movie that you can go back to, you know, like once every couple of years and just rewatch it, and you always find yourself kind of immersed and entertained by it each time. It, it definitely is a hangout movie, and there's no sort of, you know, like really good plot or anything like that, but I think it captures the decade of the 70s and the culture, whether it be through the music and um, whatnot. The, the music's definitely the, my personal favorite part of it, but... Definitely worth a watch. It's definitely one of my f- personal favorite films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me try. Let me try like speed up a little bit, just because we still haven't hit two hundred yet. <laughs> that, it's, it's going to be. A, we're going to be in for a while. It's at least going to feel like that. Uh, so then you get uh, a time to kill, big time cast, but I'm not sure it was appropriately uh, fitted for each of the uh, actors and actresses. Uh, my left foot, good acting, great acting by uh, Daniel Day Lewis. It's kind of one of his first roles. Uh, a good biography, you know, kind of reminded me of uh, of a biography. I'm probably gonna bring up a, a few rankings from now. Uh, Paths of Glory, which I think that's one of the um, Kubrick films that you don't think of. Like, oh wow, he did that one. Still, still, de- still a decent watch. Not even ninety minutes. Uh, the Conspirator, probably one of my favorite biographies, but I re- I, I I probably ranked it higher than this. Higher than two oh seven, but I'm like it, there was a little bit of a, a lack of execution. Probably did drag a little bit. Uh, Notorious, which I actually don't remember a lot from. I think that's maybe one of the older movies that we watched, Greg, at uh, um, um, movie club. Um, so there's not a lot I could say with, with that one. Uh, Enter the Dragon, which I think is uh, Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. Yeah, and I have to have respect. Got respect. Yeah, um, just respect to him. Uh, American Gangster, uh, Richard Jewell, both of them based on true stories. I do like Denzel in that role. I also like the role. Uh, I don't know who played Richard Jewell, but still just kind of like, uh, not a movie that you say, oh my God, that is so great. It's just a movie that like, oh yeah, I can, I can appreciate. I can really appreciate that. Um, the Two Pulps also based on a true story. Me and Scott did watch that mm-hmm. on Netflix. And I will say, kind of like, again, biographies are not, like, even fictional biographies is not really in my warehouse. But it's still a nice, you know, you can get along with it, feel, have a good feel for it, has good vibes. Um, and, and, and you can definitely, and if you don't know a lot about The Pulse, that's a great way to, almost like educational in that way. Um, then Son of a Woman, Al Pacino, I know a lot of people say it's great acting. I feel like, you know, they gave it to him because he didn't for The Godfather. That was a weird plot to me. A very weird, but still executed. I did like the acting in that and just like, like the were uh, and the setting and the surroundings uh, and all that. So now we get to 200 and already I had to admit a mistake because I rewatched this movie at 200. It's called LA Confidential, and I didn't re rank it after I rewatched this. So you could easily, so this is kind of like a preview. Like when I do watch something, I may not have like the greatest, uh, like view of it at first, like I did for LA Confidential. Because a lot of people do say, oh my god, that's such a great film. I rewatched it, I watched the ending first, which, which, uh, I published that a while ago. Like, why do, uh, why do I do my ending theory? And why are endings so important? And if you haven't, go check that one out to because I want to save a little bit of time instead of just explain it now. But I see the ending first, and I go ahead and watch it, and a lot of things made sense that that didn't when I first saw it. And it, so, if I were to re-rank it, it'd probably be in the top one fifty, not exactly two hundred, but it's too late to change it. And so we, I guess, we start the top two hundred with a mistake, but that, <laughs> that, that that's okay. 
Uh, but then we get into Brothers, a weird Tobey Maguire mm. film. Uh, also, Jake Gyllenhaal, Natalie Portman too, and, and, and that's just a, just a little bit poor execution. I did like the uh, the casting because I do like those three individually. I do, mm. and I know people don't like Tobey Maguire with Spider-Man, but still, those uh, that's the original. I always respected that. Uh, oh, man. To- Toby, Toby, man. Toby's my Spider-Man. Toby's yeah. mine, too. Toby's <laughs> my Spider-Man. Good. Man. Good. I hope that, no. you know. But Brothers is a movie that I've been wanting to see for a while now, and it, it is interesting to kind of see some of these actors, like, like for example, like, bring Toby back into it. I think we're so used to seeing him in these certain roles, and that was much more of a, you know, I, I guess edgy would be the best way to describe it role, but I definitely got to check that one out. Yeah. Uh, so then Gone Baby Gone. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like mystery. I do. But I was just, that was just, that was just like, it pulled me in a little bit too many, too many different directions. Morgan Freeman ended up being the bad guy. And that didn't really seem to, I guess, fit well with me. I do really like Morgan Freeman. And we will get into some Morgan Freeman uh, films. But with that one, again, just, I guess, poor execution, whether it's the acting or just the scenery, which I know it takes place in Boston, the accents down pat, but I guess maybe I'm just not a huge fan for the little Affleck brother or the older one, I don't know, with comparison to Ben Affleck. Uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, so I know you guys probably will have something to say about that, but, uh, but I, I, so I go into it like, okay, it's like a superhero film, it's more into history uh, than anything, and it's a little bit more, you know, like religious. But I'm just like, it, it did kind of like drag. I'm like, okay, we get it. Just speed it up. There's a little bit of romance with, with this woman. And, you know, the, the Nazis want, want this, want that. And comes the car chase. I skip through the car chase. Like, we understand he's going to come out alive. No one's no one important is going to die. Like, I get it, you know. And that's, I guess, I basically just told how I feel about superhero films, which basically none, or I don't think any, are ranked here, which, again, it's predictable, okay? We know who's going to win. And I, I don't bring, don't say Endgame. Okay, because what? Because they had to counter it with the movie afterwards. So um, if it was independent, then yes, I would say okay. The 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 evil won there, and there are there are some bad endings, but that's different from the evil, the villain winning. Like there's a difference. So with the layers of lost, I'm like, I would say that's definitely over overrated. Even though maybe for that time, I can understand it, and it did start a franchise, which now we're known as one to be one of the more popular ones. Indiana Jones. Uh, we also have Boyhood, which I understand, like, you know, there is a lot of significance as to the, the how they made that, which, mm-hmm. you know, if directors were to, to explain to me, yeah, I, all I have to do is really just search it. Yeah, I really do appreciate what they did, and it's a lot of commitment with that. Uh, the Elf Man biography, um, that was, so again, like I brought up with Dan D. Lewis, My Left Foot, that kind of reminds me a little bit of that, and, and I do feel sad, you know, a little bit, and they do, they, they did really make it look real, like as if he did kind of look like, I guess the Kuroko, in this case, Elephant, they, that's what they just called him, I would definitely check the one out, because this is based on a true story, uh, Under the Silver Lakes, I think, uh, Andrew, um, Garfield, I think his name is, uh, one of the Spider-Mans, Right. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with the movie, but it may be. Yeah, I guess I would imagine. It yeah, that was. Like, I feel like that was like almost like a breakthrough role in terms of he got away from the norm. Like, oh, I have to be a superhero, mm-hmm. uh, and and doing something that was just a little bit all over the place. And it is a mystery, but definitely got me to think. If in fact, uh, I think with the ending, it was just like, it was really more so philosophical, uh, like and, and talking about death and talking about you know like spirits and and all that. 
the little things. Um, I forget. If, I think I saw it with uh, who did I? Say? It was. I think it was. was I it don't me? think it was me because I. I, oh, I, I mm, we I may have watched it. I think we may we may have, <laughs> we may have watched it separately because I think I yes. watched it maybe a day or two after it came out, and then I think you. I think I watched it with a, a friend of mine. So I did see it. In, in, I think I saw it with another friend of mine. Um, but yeah, with that one, it's a stale ending, but still, I don't think it's a terrible ending. But yeah, you could definitely say you came away underwhelmed because you could say like, "Oh, that's a high power cast." Yeah, and it was just weird roles, you know, for uh, Rami Malek. Um, and then also you had Denzel and Jared Leto. As Jared well. Leto, yeah. it, he felt like the only one was appropriate for that role for him, and he totally executed. Yeah, he, he got nominated. You, you could see where they wanted to go with it, but I think it just, for whatever reason, just didn't really deliver. Yeah, and then you also have the Justin Timberlake flick in time. I like that one because I like the concept of time. I talked about that before on the podcast, and it, with that one, so you don't think of Justin Timberlake as an actor? I know that. And Amanda Seyfried is also in it, but I just, I just like it. Just really got me to think a lot, like, like as if like, uh, like we all are, um, we all we, time as a currency, and then are we like, you know, ticking time clock, like, you know, like are we going to expire sometime soon? And that's just again, think about time. A lot of things can mean, you know, more apl- uh, appliances to to anything in life. The Irishman, that just that was just ineffective. It was too long. <laughs> it was just like three and a half hours, and I'm like, it, I don't even, it's lucky I ranked it this high. I think I just, I think I did it because I have respect for Scorsese and the cast, and also again, it is a biography of sorts, based on or maybe depiction, but still, just way, way too long. Okay, and there's just not enough content. Um, it, it felt like it should have been two hours, not three and a half. And I understand, I understand, you know, why I had to at least respect it the way that I did. Yeah, I never finished it. it so oh, there really? you go. It was just too boring. It, like, yeah, it is. You know, I, I guess I'm sort of on like the minority side here, but I, 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 for me, like with the Irishman, I feel like that's the number one complaint is that it's too long. But the length of the movie didn't really bother me that much. It, it definitely isn't Scorsese's best. It's far from it. But um, I mean, it's better than The Aviator. I don't oh, even wow. have that ranked. <laughs> I don't even have that ranked on here. But yeah, I, I guess the Irishman's one of those movies where you just kind of tell people like, just watch it, see what you think, and you know, whatever you take away from it, it is what it is. And then I have uh, an international flick, uh, Bicycle Thieves. It's a quick like ninety minutes. Uh, I, I think if you read the description, it's base it's basically that. But it did have kind of like that stale ending. I actually thought he was going to get the bicycle from the stolen thief. He didn't, and he actually tried to steal someone else's bike to make it up for it. And then you know they catch him do it. So and at least the, the the one guy whose bike it was like okay actually I know you're a good guy you're going through I, I heard just don't worry about it. just it's so like again kind of like a, a like uh, it's it was it was totally not predictable and I prefer it to be like that. Uh, Stand by me is just like a good film a feel good film uh, and you you wouldn't believe I think the book is from. Um, Who's who's the who's the guy who uh, I always forget his name I I, I, I always think of him with The Shining uh, who's uh, the, uh, Stephen King Stephen King yeah, yeah so I can't believe he actually did that uh, oh, Stand by that. me so that, that so you don't think of Stephen King like that but yeah definitely well executed great child performances here and I will definitely bring that up with when it comes to uh, uh, my top fifty there's definitely one that I have in mind that's a great child performance and even a little bit before that but both were in the top hundred. Uh, you also have Hugo. Uh, I think Scorsese did this one. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. Scorsese film. So that's another. It doesn't feel like Scorsese, and I think this is based on a book. It also mm-hmm. is kind of like a feel good. 
Uh, I think because I think either his mother, his mother passed away or ran away, but but still he had an affection for like this robotic thing, and it kind of yeah. did, it was it wasn't animated, but it wasn't like real life. It was like um, it was it, it felt like, like a, a mix almost of, like a cell shaded type of yeah, like, yeah. A mix of mi- yeah. So that I I kind of like that kind yeah. of execution. There's another that. movie that does something like that. I've never seen Hugo, but like a Scanner Darkly. Have you seen heard about that? Mm-hmm. I no. Know. That's got some famous people in it. Oh, really? Shadow of a Doubt, uh, Touch of Evil. So now we're at like around 187, 186. Kind of like, I think, kind of feel like it's the same thing. I think one of them is Hitchcock. Uh, and I am actually a big fan of Alfred Hitchcock, but I don't remember that much of uh, these two films. And probably Plot had to some uh, to uh, to do something with that. But Scarface, and I know you, I'm going to get some backlash at 185. Um, I'm going to let you guys just take the helm of Scarface. You have the poser of it, Scott. So. Yeah. I mean, Greg, you want to... I actually just saw it for the first time recently. How serious? Uh, a few oh, wow. months ago. Um, Living on the I, rock. I liked it. I thought near the end I stopped caring, I mm-hmm. think. I You see where it's going, and I think partly I didn't love it as much as I should have because like over the years you see it referenced 24-7 yeah, like that yeah. Ending. say so hello to my little friend yeah. yeah so it means it means nothing <laughs> I think when you're first seeing it such a classic if point. you saw it like when it first came out I think boom that, yeah, and then you're going to be like this is one of my top movies you know, it's, time goes on. It ages fine. Yeah, it, it has um, aged fine. I, I know that there's been talks of potentially uh, like a remake, which I think um, is kind of ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it may not happen. But I yeah, Scarface, like I mean, yeah, I, for me, that's pretty low. But then again, you know, this was one of the first movies that I saw, like when I really tried to start mm-hmm. kind of branching out with cinema back in like freshman year. Um, yeah, I just have a, a very high affinity for that movie. It's just, to me, it's sort of the quintessential like rags to riches and ultimately spoilers but you know failure uh of and the issues that come with this like excess greed and your inevitable downfall um and and, you know i think that al pacino is excellent in the role um and i also like the setting of miami in the 80s yeah that's actually a good point that's that's one of the high like one of the high points is just how they capture the scenery and um the fact that it was made you know, during the time where it was set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you could almost use Scarface as, like, a resource if you're studying, like, early 80s Miami. You know? Yeah. Uh, so that, so you might say, like, oh, my God, why, why you have it so low? It, it, you can you could say the same reason as to why I don't have Bronx in my top 200. I'm not a big fan of mob movies for the simple reason that they always tell the same story of, like, a, a hero, not a hero's journey, but a journey to which they reach the top and then they fall to the bottom. Goodfellas is the same way. Bronx Tale is the same way. Even though we don't see Bronx Tale in the eyes of the mobster, we see it in the eyes of this of this kid. The mobster does die at the end. And, and with, with Scarface, he right. dies at the end. Goodfellas, you know, you got the rat. And in which I'm going to bring up Goodfellas in a, in a little bit. And most so, that's just out of respect. I'm not a huge fan of Goodfellas, even though that is a great cast and very well, much well done with... Um, Oh man, who's the one that did uh, my cousin Vinny? Um, with, with, um, Steve Pesci, uh, Joe Pesci, Jesus. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. I, was, I, I almost said Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Uh, Joe Pesci. Yeah. Joe Pesci. That's one of the best <laughs> acting. Uh, that, uh, one of the best acting in the sp- supporting role of, of of all time when it comes to Goodfellas, and I and I guess yeah. I'll just uh, allude to that. Um, if it, if it's I don't think it's my top hundred, so at some point I will. Um, so then you get into Braveheart. Too long. Uh, it was my hmm. first Mel Gibson film as him like acting. 
because I do like uh, the, the the movie that he directed, which I'll bring it up in a little bit. But with that one, it's a nice look into history, um, and you don't see that much with like Irish history that much. Uh, Come and See, which is international, definitely, I definitely encourage everyone to see as many international films as possible. I think this, I don't remember exactly what country it was, one of the Asian countries. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely, I definitely encourage that. As well as uh, The Sandlot. Definitely, uh, it's more of a feel-good, mm. The Sandlot. And especially for someone who played baseball like I did, it's definitely so, something I can relate to. And something even I, I've done recently, thanks to uh, Ryan, who's a friend of the show, where, you know, he, he, he knows of a few guys. All they do is just, uh, just invite some people you know, and let's just let's play an organized game. And I wish there was more like that. In, in more neighborhoods than just this one. Uh, so then you have Jaten, which I think is Swedish. This film is an international film. Uh, and, I, and I really do encourage this one because of... Um, it, it reminds us of, of kind of like the Me Too movement even before it happened, but then it's looking towards the other way. Like Me Too is mostly, you know, a, a woman accusing a guy. With this one, it's not only you you, you accuse the guy, but it's of a younger of a, a younger kid doing doing so. And at the end, you realize she, she, she was just jealous of him. I think he was a teacher, you know, whatever. And they do have affection for their teachers. And it just got really off the rails really quickly. It is like a roller coaster. That's one, I guess, the one of the first roller coasters that comes to my mind of the movies that I said. Moneyball, uh, Pursuit of Happiness. So the, the reason why I say these two together, now we're like we're around 180, 179. Uh, Moneyball, book I read twice. I think the movie does a good job depicting it. And I do like the roles. Jonah Hill, Brad Pitt. And um, I don't even remember the managers. Philip uh, Seymour Hoffman. I do like the roles, the casting of, of that movie. And also, you know, I, it felt kind of real to, uh, real to me. And it just like I said, it, it doesn't stray away that much from the book. And then Pursuit of Happiness is based on a true story to which, and you know me, when it comes to movies, I want it to be original. Like, you can't, it, it, it's, it was the first medium. And so with these, it wasn't. But still, I, that's one of my favorite uh, biographies, Will Smith. I do like him in that role. I feel like like he, he thrives in, uh, in that kind of, I don't think I have King Richard on here, but that kind of role where it's based on a true story and he it takes all as a father with, yeah. with King Richard in this one. And I, and, and I don't have that rank, but it probably would be around <laughs> the same. So, uh, I guess it does it justice for your happiness. So I guess there's no need to to rank both. Uh, Transpotting, I don't want to say it's international. Uh, Transpotting, it's it's uh, from the UK. Is it England, English or Irish? I'm trying to remember. It's English. English, yeah, it is. It is English, yeah. So with that one, that's a weird. That's almost like hanging hanging out movie. I talk about drugs. Yeah, you and McGregor. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, That's definitely an odd one, but I have to still give it respect. Like, like basically giving like the like the side. I know it's a bunch of friends, but the life of uh, doing drugs and what have you. The Big Short base. I think that's this might have been a book, but this was based on you know the. the, uh, the 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 collapse with uh, two thousand eight the economic to collapse with like the houses and I would definitely say that it, it's a big time roles in there you have Selena Gomez making like a uh, cameo appearance uh, Marco Robbie even making a cameo appearance but then you got like uh, Steve Carell um, I always confuse it Ryan Gosling Ryan Gosling yeah, yeah I was about to say Ryan Reynolds they kind of do look similar and they have the same first name. 
Uh, and then you, uh, <laughs> they do Christian Bale. Yeah. That's not your typical Christian Bale film, but still, I I, I liked it. It was kind of it, it was kind of I I I think I had to watch it twice to understand it once, mm-hmm. even though they try to explain it for us. But it's I, it's a goofy kind of like a it's a, it's it's a weird kind of comedy. But it's it, it's like trying to like make fun of like all the people that really did mess up during that time, sure. and, and like had a little bit of fun with it to try making it. Is that Adam McKay? Yeah, I think Adam McKay. Yeah, I think Adam McKay directed yeah, he it. He directs that kind of. I feel like that's his kind of movie to direct because he just wanted with all those people: Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, on ne- um, it's, oh, uh, don't look up. Don't look up. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it makes fun of people in this, that situation of actual people. So right. I think that's his style at this point. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's favorite. borderline satirical. Almost. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so then, uh, so we're at one seventy six now. Let me let me read off some films all the way to one seventy, just to try to speed up a little bit. And then afterwards, if you guys have anything to say, so Greg, I told you watch this because like, I I kind of messed up with like the uh, the rental does boot at one seventy six, and then one seventy five is Rocky, which I know you know we're in Philly, that definitely uh, underdog story. People do love it. Argo, good biography, well executed. Uh, Whiplash, definitely great acting with um, the composer with that one. Miles Teller and Miles um, Teller. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, that, I have to admit, yeah. great, great acting by Simmons there. Uh, 172, Dances with Wolves, Ineffective. Kevin, um, Kevin Costner, <laughs> not his typical film, but I like that he ventured out to do something different. And Native Americans, you know, that I wish that was more brought up, not just mm. in history, but also in movies. And that definitely, I think, gave... Uh, their uh, their uh, culture and groups justice. Yeah. Uh, Les 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 Misérables. It looks like Miserables when when in doubt. Yeah. It kind of does. Les Mis. Kind of the short term. Yeah. Uh, Field of Dreams at one seventy. That's your typical Kevin Costner like film. Like Bill, Bull Durham. You know he's in. Oh, that. I love that movie. Bull I actually, Durham. Yeah. I don't Bull have Durham that right. Great. I. <laughs> I think that's I'm not sure that's my best baseball film but I think it's the best ranked one here as far as I know but uh, so I might as well continue on because I did still speak about the other film Secret in Their Eyes I think that's an international one and it's a romantic one I'm not too big into romance like I said not too big into biographies romance um, horror so that that was cute it was nice and and, and it had some good plot twists in that one uh, but still, you know, like I said, just go check out international movies. And I, and this, I don't remember what country it is, but it's a country that doesn't typically make movies that's well recognized. Uh, so definitely just search them and just see, oh, it's from this country, in which you, you definitely don't think they, they make many. Um, Tim Men, that's one of my one of my dad's favorites. It's a, I think that's one of my favorite comedies. We just had two guys spiteful, which I can envision that in today's society. You know, a lot of people are spiteful, are emotional. They take it personally, and the jokes that they make going against each other, like oh, like um, I'm going to try to screw, I'm going to try to screw you over. I'm going to try to uh, get with your wife. He does, and, and one guy's like, oh, you just saved me a whole tons of problems. Like it's it's just, <laughs> you think he's gonna get him back, but instead he's doing him a favor, and it's just like I I definitely checked the one out. That's uh, it takes place down in Baltimore, and you know it, they do a good job. I think it's a good setting as well. Uh, I keep telling you guys to check that movie out. And, and when was it made? Do you know? uh, it was it, it, it mid sixties. Mid sixties, okay. Mid sixty seven. I think ten minutes. I think Greg is searching. Yeah, uh, oh, 87. 87. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. I got the I'm, one. I gotta watch that. It's uh, Richard Dreyfuss and Danny DeVito. Danny oh DeVito. man! So da- that's Danny a rare Danny. That's in his like prime there. 
DeVito. Yeah. He was like yeah, 80s, yeah. 90s. He was, that yeah. was the biggest. I think the Rainmaker also, he did that. That was a supporting role with Matt Damon, um, Dan DeVito. That's a rare DeVito one where he, I, he's the lead one. He's the lead mm-hmm. role. Because in other movies, he's just, you know, just very supporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely, that's a, that. I'm not too big into comedy, as you could, as you could tell. Like, I already, like, with Clerks, we talked about earlier in the episode but still like that that's one I did really laugh a lot at, and I'm gonna have to just rewatch it just for the sake of it Glory no I meant to rewatch Glory but it but it, there's, there's just so many war films just so many war films and I'm like maybe I do a disservice to this one but still they do still do a good job of executing it. I don't want to take that away but there's just so many and there's so many good ones and when there's good ones I gotta watch it but there's just so many that at some point I gotta disrespect at least one and and, and, and Glory is just one of them There Will Be Blood so that's based on a book Daniel Day-Lewis great job acting I think most movies that he did maybe except as, as a child but mm-hmm. um, with that one he was really good at it. the slurp with the milkshake definitely a classic <laughs> definitely a classic uh, but but I mean with oil you know when I was so good look into history but still I'm not at like I wasn't like a two like oh yeah I'm so blown away by it um, and then you have Jojo Rabbit uh, which I don't want I want we watched that one Scott would you call that a dark comedy yeah it's, like, it's definitely a dark I would say it's a dark comedy it, it's yeah it's Taika Waititi's uh, is it his, I don't is it his directorial debut? No, because he no. did what we do in the shadows. He did, oh, okay, he that. yeah, that was a while back. Um, but and yeah, he did Thor too. Like yeah, oh, that's right, Thor he did. Yeah, he did Ragnarok. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't direct off. Um, or do it would well, you, so? Let opinion. me ask you a question because this was a big controversy when we were going into the movie. Did, do you think they pull off? The, they did pull off the comedy for you know with I, the Nazis. Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, it's a very heavy and mature subject matter, but I think that the way they approached it. Um, I, I think they, you know, delivered, and, and obviously the, the overall message of the film is, is very powerful. Um, yeah, it is. I think, it really is. Yeah, it, it's definitely, um, it, it handled a very dark subject matter in a way that I think it not only delivered in what it wanted to do, but is is approachable. It, mm. It's not very, you know, off-putting or anything like that. Yeah, I will so. definitely say that there was a lot of harsh comments that I don't think it was warranted. I can understand where they're coming from. Like, you, you shouldn't blend comedy with... Uh, and there is one film, I, I, and I was really touched by it. It's going to be... Uh, in the next episode, part part two, where I know for a fact that I cried at it. It makes a good comedy with like you know the period of like uh, the Holocaust. Yeah. Even though with this one it didn't, I don't, I don't think it touched that much of the Holocaust. But still, I felt like it did a good job blending it to the point where I can understand you don't like the blend, but you have to at least be open minded that it can be done. Nothing's impossible. Yeah, it, it doesn't do it in an overtly offensive way. Yes. And I, I think it, that's a very tough line to. You know, traverse with with a movie like this. Yeah. So. Uh, so let me. Uh, so we're at one sixty five with Jojo Rapid. So let me go to one sixty. I know Scott, you have a uh, you you like this next movie. But I'm going to roll up to one sixty, yeah. and then anything that uh, that you guys have with these movies, just take it away. Uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, Jerry Maguire, one of the most quotable movies of all, all time, and you would not think that it would come from Jerry Maguire, who's a, a decent movie sports agent. Uh, the pianist. So again, it, it wasn't necessarily a war movie. Felt like a war movie, uh, but still, the, I can't believe that it, it, that happened. And then Twelve Years a Slave. I barely remember that. I think I, I watched it, but st- I, you basically get the gist of it. Still, you know, an unbelievable. Like how could you go through all that? And then the Italian Italian job. So that that would be one sixty. So any th- any movies you just want to comment on in comparison to these rankings? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, there's definitely a lot of heavy hitters on there. 
you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and 12 Years a Slave. I, I think 12 Years a Slave is definitely probably, for me, my personal favorite Steve McQueen movie. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously the performances in that movie are jaw-dropping, to say the least. Um, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I know a lot of people don't have it high up on their Tarantino ranking. It's it's personally one of my favorite Tarantino movies. It's probably, for me, top three, for sure. I, I kind of like I that. It's, there, yeah. I yeah, I, 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 Robert should have done more. No. <laughs> I, I, Greg, she even agrees she was fine at what she did. And That's not she, the point, though. She had she is such a great actress with her capabilities. She should have been part of the storyline somehow, along well, with DiCaprio I, and Brad Pitt, not just being oh they're just well, my neighbor. But the issue is, is that I think so. The the thing is that like Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth are fictional characters, where Sharon Tate was a real actress. And I yes. think what Tarantino wanted to do was that obviously he wasn't there to talk with Sharon Tate about, you know, mm-hmm. what her life was like. So I think he kind of purposely wanted to keep her as this sort of, you know, not mysterious figure, but somewhat of a mysterious figure through, mm-hmm. like, Rick's eyes, right? Uh, you know, she definitely does take a, 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 you know, I guess like a backseat in the movie, and that definitely could be open to criticism for sure. But overall, as a package, I, I've, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, I also just want to say, speaking of Jerry Quar, the quote that, had me, that, um, that really got to me was, you had me at hello. So it's a, it is a classic yep. line to which the, that's a great duo with uh, Jerry Maguire I don't even know the Ashes State but they had so much great chemistry and that does make a difference the casting and the chemistry between Jer- all the isn't that Cuba Gooding Jr. oh Jer- he's in that too yeah he's in that too he felt like he was a football player and I really felt like he was a football player yeah I haven't seen Jerry not just Maguire. the guy that was doing the OJ Simpson uh, oh the the, the, um, the, the FX the, yeah the true crime yeah. yeah I have to check that out too but yeah, I, I, I do have to check out Jerry Maguire I think even whether you like it or not, it's one of those movies where I think every film buff should see just because yeah. it's so mm-hmm. talked about all the time. Yeah, it is. And I feel like that's Tom Cruise's, like, uh, I don't want to say that's his best, but I felt the most Tom Cruise mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Uh, so, what? I think that reflects his personality as a person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then let me get to, all the way to, uh, to 150. And then, it, like I said, so I'll give you guys a chance to chime in. Well, once I'm done, uh, Lost in Translation. So I just recently watched that. Not terrible. I, fe- I felt like it was an alien or whatever. I'm like, I, I, I kind of felt underwhelmed. I didn't feel the chemistry between... Um, it wasn't Tom Hanks. It was... Um, Oh my god, who's the person that did Groundhog's Day? It's um, Bill Murray, right? Bill it's, Murray, it's Bill Murray, Murray and isn't Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't feel that was the greatest role for him. I'm not sure they had great chemistry. But I can understand, like, I did like the plot um, with, uh, with, with, uh, with those two. And being, you know, Japan being lost and dealing with the time frames of each of their lives. Uh, and then you also have Sao Paul. A lot of people don't remember this of Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, that, this is actually a not a bad sports yeah. movie because with sports movie it's also predictable like think about High School Musical you know uh, what's his name um, Zac Efron Zac Efron Troy, Troy. 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 I think Troy yeah. was him right yeah, yeah <laughs> that you know his team's gonna win at the end or um, when it, well actually Friday Night Lights actually they, they don't uh, end up winning the game but you feel like any team that you're following oh yeah they they, they win the game in, in this one it, it's just beyond an, an athlete's life to which you know it's unforeseen circumstances rivalries yeah. happen I, I that's definitely if you're a sports mo- movie guy I would definitely definitely at least keep it in the back of your mind it's not like a must see yeah. but something I don't want people to forget Breakfast Club is just overrated 157 I understand why people like it it introduced the fact that you know um, it, 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 like, it, you had so many characters that you could relate to, the audience can relate to, and I yeah. felt like that was the first movie that kind of did that. 
Uh, so I have to give it some recognition so like the, its impact. But if it did, it, it, it it's just you know I it, I felt it's a weak plot, a simple plot that even we could have made a movie yeah, it, about. It, it's definitely a hot take, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I think uh, for some reason I, I it just seems like with me and John Hughes movies just don't really blend that well. Um, <laughs> John Hughes. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, the Bruffs Club to me is just overrated. I, I think it's just primarily because it introduced a lot of archetypes and, and cliches that have been abused over and over again where I think when you watch it, you're kind of like, eh. It's, and it's not horrible, and I, I appreciate its you know impact, but yeah, it d- doesn't resonate with me that much either. Yeah, uh, so then um, I, this, I think it's that Hitchcock movie, um, Anatomy of, of a Murder. So I think that's also James Stewart, which wasn't that big of a fan of that. I, I love him, though. I do love James Stewart. Jimmy Stewart's great. So that's why I was surprised, like, oh my god, I actually don't like a movie that he did, because he felt like he chose good movies. Well, With he, that one, I'm he like... He a few Hitchcock ones. Yeah. That's not his only one. It was just funny. I guess they were just friends or something, or what, I don't know what happened there, but ended it's, up in a lot of his films. So now, this is where we kind of, like, we like uh, kind of revisit the past a little bit. Yeah. We're actually, we'll touch on it in a second. Uh, with The Electric Horseman at 155, Boys in the Hood... At uh, uh, 154, which I watched just because there was a lot of movie buses so like you know you gotta watch it. Where I felt like it was worth watching, yeah. and not even though it's yeah. not brought up a lot. Hotel Rwanda won the best well done executed biographies, and I remember seeing that in tenth grade. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they made people watch as part of uh, world culture. So I think we at uh, high school call, called it. I want day is another biography. I like. I just didn't know that much about Mozart, and a lot of people don't uh, like. I'm not sure it's really. Like true to Mozart's character, but the way in which they depict it, it's a great question. Would you rather have so much? Uh, they viewed in base of religion. God gave uh, God gave this guy so much talent, and yet he is wasting it, abusing it with like alcohol, spending a lot of money, you know. And then you had this guy that worked so hard, made a pledge to God, and he's not as talented as Mozart. I love that those that question and those and the, and the two comparisons. Uh, so then you also have following Christopher Nolan's 60 minute film and I'm a big Christopher Nolan guy so I had to rank it this low I do like the plot you have to connect the dots a little bit 60 minutes executed well uh, I guess maybe I guess maybe not so well but still well enough that even for six minutes it's still almost in the top 50 and then wild strawberries is kind of like like you have a lot of flashbacks you know whatever case may be definitely an old flick but without those movies does anything like the, the, I guess we could talk about you know, the electric horse which is kind yeah. of fun because we with Mr. Gibson's class shout out to him we do love him uh, we watched it in his class pop culture and that was a movie that he made us watch with like talking about yeah. the hero's journey Absolutely. this element that element so the do you want to reflect a little bit, or any of these? Yeah, movies? absolutely. Well, I think you know we definitely look back fondly on a lot of our experiences in that class because that was the first. That was where, you know, I had been friends with Greg for quite a few years before that, but that was where I had met Double um, A. Yes, it was. And we that was a class that really allowed us to, you know, explore our interests, whether it be, you know, movies, music, video games, and. Yeah, that, that was a class that really definitely had a big impact on us, and, and The Electric Horseman happened to be one of the movies that we analyzed and sort of dissected in it, so it definitely has a history with us. Greg, anything you want to say with the movies that, that the, the, the last time I said? Um, Electric Horseman, I liked them, man. I, I liked them more than I thought I would, because there's something about just like a generic, what was it, 70s? 70s kind of like... Western yeah. almost. West, it, it, like to modern me, it's, Western. Right. It, it seems like that's almost weird. like the last Western. And, you know and what the I mean? thing that yeah, I don't love are modern Westerns, but the was I th- in theory, I don't think I'll like a modern Western movie. Right. But then when I see them, I like them. Like, um 
Brokeback Mountain, for instance. Yeah. Mm. But I feel like that doesn't focus on the, on Western, the pure Western aspect of it. But it's still there. It's pretty heavy though, because of the culture right. of that. But I won't focus on that movie. That kind of, I, I'm, not, I'm curious with like modern westerns. Like, what about like True Grit and like I've seen. Well, like, True Grit. I was actually gonna mention True Grit. Um, I kind of feel bad. To... I'm not sure if I rank broke Brokeback Mountain. I kind of feel bad. I th- I, f- I watched it. I'm like, this is good. I, and I yeah, saw the impact of it. I really so like if, it. if I I think I would put it next at like uh, around I'll, like one fifty. True Grit in a second here as we. Oh yeah, yeah. As you yeah. go to the further down the list, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so now we get into the top one fifty, and all these movies I recommend. All right. So now, the, and there's a lot of great movies. Even I'm uh, seeing, I'm like, I can't believe they're this low. Um, so we start with Scar Street at one forty nine. Uh, I don't remember too much about that, but there was a really great plot twist with that one. Uh, so then also probably because of that it happened at the end, and that probably was a good ending. Now, no country for old men. So one yeah. of the be- the best villain was Anton, hands yeah, down. Anton Chigurh, man. Yeah, Javier Bardem's um, performance is stunning. It's I think it's the it's, best it's acting scary. job. Yeah, yeah, it is it's definitely scary. He's just I don't I don't think Cold Blood does even do him justice. Like he's beyond cold. Like you could you could say it. And the funny part is I'm going to bring up Once Upon a Time in the West. Like and the and the director made the actor the the uh, the, the the villain. Had blue eyes, so he had icy cold veins. Yeah. I don't even think for Anton, he wasn't just cold blood. He just really just did not care at, at all for. And like, I understand that's definitely just cold blood, but I feel like that there's more than just being cold blood with, yeah. with with him being the villain. And it, I have to admit, I think you should all watch it just because of Anton. Like, oh, there's absolutely. no, no it, doubt. It, about it's that. definitely for me at least. It's it's. Mm-hmm. Between that and the Big Lebowski, trying to pick like my favorite Coen Brothers movies, kind of <laughs> tough. But uh, they're both polar opposites, but. Those two are definitely... So, as you know, I don't have the Big Lebowski ranked on here. I, I think it's pretty stupid. Like, oh, uh, man, I disagree with you on that. Yeah, I do, too. It's I a mean, comedy, it's a great, man. Like, it's you great, though. It, great how? The Big Lebowski, it's just it's so it, Did it just hit? It just... Yeah. And the, the, the thing is with the Big Lebowski is that it's so... Like, I don't want to say dumb, but it is. It's so dumb that you can't help but love it. It's you kind know of what I mean? hard to describe. It's, it's tough to describe. Like, insulted, it's a movie where nothing you know, happens, and, yeah. like, the plot is... Pointless. Yeah. But Thank you. Yeah, that's it, but, but that's what makes it great, though. Like oh it's one of the God. few instances where it complements the overall movie. I think. Yeah. Come but, on. Um, man. It, yeah. It, is that a movie where you would argue that it has no plot? Because I really do think it was unavoidable. All that chaos could have been unavoidable. And but the, I, pe- that's the, the pe- point, though. That, that's the, like yeah. the point. You know but what I mean? it, but then it's more. It, it I think it's it, it's I'm like speechless. It's too it's too dumb for it made me dumber actually. Well, I think Big Lebowski, by watching it. Well, the thing is with Big Lebowski is that I, I guess because it's so like hyped. I mean, I guess you could say hyped up. You're inevitably gonna like love it or hate it. Like I feel like you know it's so quotable and it's quoted all the time. Where somebody who hasn't it's so seen quotable. It, oh, absolutely. And with, with what? I mean, Dude. Jimmy McGuire is the most quotable movie. When I was looking up like the top hundred quotes, I did not. I mean, I saw one thing with the Big Lebowski. Can you oh. tell me something that was quoted, dude? A- anything with the dude, like the dude. Okay, rides, that's the. I have to admit, you know, that's the best I mean, nickname of all time. I do love that nickname, like, but that's not a quote. Like Donnie, I'm the war. Oh man, oh, there's, shut so up, many, there's so many. Shut up, Donnie. Shut up, Donnie. I, so people good. tell me shut up all the time. I talk no, too much. Oh man, but it's funny. Uh, it's all right, man. That, that's just going to be a, a never-ending argument. On yeah, that. but uh, Greg, I know you wanted to mention True Grit. I'm sorry, we kind of just no, you're fine. <laughs> derailed. Uh, it. No, that was a good. Conversation. Yeah, he doesn't talk a lot anyway. Um, well, True Grit. I was gonna say. I wouldn't call that a modern western because a modern yeah. western is something that takes place ne- like present day. Okay, I think I was at interpreting it as when it was made. But at the same time, no, yeah. no, no. But it, you know, fits in with this because it's Coen Brothers. Yeah, 
I don't like the Coen Brothers. I think. I, oh man, I, I, I like the Big Lebowski. Yeah, and Fargo. Mm-hmm. About it. Really, not even No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. Second, like the second, or I guess you could call it, call it mainly the third act. Stop caring. Yeah. Um, burn after reading. Burn after same reading. Same thing. Yeah. I just stopped. Ca- it just became pointless after a certain point, and. Um, there's a few others in there that Hail Caesar. I, I didn't see that one. I th- I'm glad I didn't. Uh, Buster, Buster Scruggs as well. And I, yeah, I heard that I, was I know kinda... that split up into different segments yeah. or different portions. The first few were good. Like the first two were pretty funny, pretty good, and then the last ones were like, eh, forgettable. Like yeah. there's something about them where they it feels like they just stop trying in the script. Mm. Like they build it up so well, and then it's like okay, like, well you know it, it's interesting because I, I sort of. I'm sort of like 50-50 with the Coen Brothers. Like, there's some movies, like for example, like A Serious Man, um, which is some like uh, I feel like a lot of film buffs, especially herald that movie as like this great magnum opus of the Coen Brothers, and I, I didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they did Raising Arizona. Never mind. I like them more. But you know, there's, there's some. But, but I think the Coen Brothers overall. I mean, if they put out a movie, I'm going to see it. They're just yeah. one. Of, they're, they're one of those directors where you just there. no matter okay. what it is, you like, see it. Inside Lewin Davis. I mm-hmm. saw that recently. I liked the idea of it more than I actually liked it. Right. Which is funny. Um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Some random stuff in, like here and there. Oh, um, yeah, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I enjoyed that. that I enjoyed Oh Brother, Where Art Thou. Did yeah. not see any of them. Did not yeah, see any of them. Uh, yeah. So so let's keep going. Uh, a beautiful mind, Russell Crowe. I, I feel I feel like that's almost a tearjerker. I do really feel bad for, him. and they do really portray. Um, schizophrenia very well in in this film. Uh, Motherless Brooklyn Scott recommended recommend, recommended me that one. I love Edward Norton. I feel uh, and it felt like I was really in that time period of New York. Uh, de- 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 uh, so we're at one forty six. Uh, Phone Booth at one forty five. That was a movie where I, I don't know how I came to see it, but I have to admit I d- it got me thinking a lot. And I, I feel now the acting okay, the execution eh okay. But I just uh, and and the plot is I think had to uh, it was the main thing that held it up. So maybe it's a little bit too high, but still I had to feel I had to do some justice. Uh, the Notebook, you might say, oh well, you said you're not a big fan of romance. I can, but with this one, uh, I I really feel like it was just well crafted, well done. I really felt the chemistry between the two characters. Uh, it, it's uh, I'm just laughing about uh, an inside joke that we have here in the. Double A Studios, um, uh, but yeah, the Notebook again. I know a lot of guys are like that's not a guy movie, a girl, but it, it for me, I really don't care. I really don't care about Jenna. I still think um, a movie buff, sh- most movie buffs should see it. Uh, the Budapest Hotel, I think it's not even like ninety minutes, and it's just well done. Just oh yeah, well, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, yeah, it's probably my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, I I, I freaking love that movie. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I felt like not a lot of people you know that are in that movie, but still a good cast. And it goes down from even the bellboy to the owner to even the the, the girl that was in it. The, the, I just got I just got to admit most of the, most of the movies that I'm going to recommend here have good cast, and it's not even who you know; it's how they fit in each of their roles. Uh, Apocalypse Now. So I saw the Redux version. I I just gave it out of respect. I like the psychological effect in there, but I'm just like it really did confuse the hell out of me with that one. And then you also have Rush at 141. Uh, really made you feel like about death and time. Also a little bit about fate and just a little bit of how you go about your life. That's the um, the uh, Chris Hemsworth racing yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. I still haven't seen that. I, and, heard it, I heard it was good, though. Yeah, and, it, and it's beyond just racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes a little bit more in their personal. And even Arrival, they came more like a friendship, which right. I do really appreciate in terms of like a sports movie. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road at 140. So I'm not into the original Mad Max with uh, Mel Gibson, but I have to admit, they did uh, with... Uh, if, first of all, it's independent. Uh, even though it's still a franchise, you you don't have to watch one, two, or three to watch this one, mm-hmm. and I still and I still feel like it, it, I was surprised of how well I liked it, of how yeah. high it is on on this list, and I felt like they did a good job of executing not just the the the, uh, the the vehicles, but also the setting was kind of like it really felt like it was like um at just at like just a, a, very uh, high octane, octane, sure. yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, uh, let me just uh, let, let me run down all the way to one thirty here, and then if you guys have any comments. Uh, uh, so at one thirty nine, we have nineteen seventeen, very well executed. Now again, a war movie. There's tons of them, but that one I have to admit, very much well well done. Even though there was a movie in that around that same time, I think that's better that, that I will get to. Uh, the Lives of Others, which I think is an international film. Jaws, Joker. Very uh, Joaquin did deserve it, but I'm going to get into someone who I think could have deserved it even more than him that same year. Dune, me and Scott did see that one. Kind of remind me of Star Wars. If it didn't, I think it could have been a little bit higher. But it was just it was really too similar to Star Wars. Even though at least I ranked both with that one. With Gone with the Wind, so I know in the previous episode I said that I I, I wasn't sure if I was ever going to watch it. So that was a few weeks ago I did that episode, and it turns out I actually did watch it um, with my trip and, you know, whatever, and I had to admit it was boring. Um, but at the same time, you have to give a lot of credit. A lead role for a female, 1934, an African-American supporting actress, the uh, the Mammy, was uh, won an Oscar. She did a fabulous job. Uh, you also have the, um, the, the script, the last line of the film, uh, one of the most classic lines of all time. She goes and says to him, well, what am I supposed to do from here on out? And it's, it's like, oh, my God, thank you. It's the end of four hours. And you know what? He says, oh, dear. Well, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And that's just like it just ended right there, you know. And I understand there's a lot of controversy with this, sexism, racism. I still feel like they had a good depiction of the South. Now, there are still some messages that I don't agree with, but the legacy of it and what it represented for movies to come, like, afterwards. And just, you could even say the fact that a movie was that long. Because there are movies that, like, you know, the Justice League, the Snyder Cut, like, it's like five hours. You could say, like, Gone with the Wind was an inspiration for doing so, because I don't think any movie should be beyond Gone with the Wind, but yet someone did top it. So I will say, I, you, it, how could you have it about Jaws? How could you have it about Joker? It's mostly, again, you have to do the legacy factor, the impact that it had. Because now we're talking about the 30s. I mean, it was almost 100 years ago for that period of time. So there's, the, the, there's a little bit of a lower standard, and I do have much appreciation with history. Citizen Kane, I know Greg really likes that one. Uh, I came to realize that it, there was just a lot of things that we take for granted today as movie buzz with the watching a movie that they were the first ones to do. And no, it is not out of order. It is not nonlinear. Okay, it is simply linear with flashbacks. Like, think about if we had this conversation right now, and Greg's telling us about this flashback. That's really what it is. The story is basically trying to understand what Rosebud is. It's not like, oh, you're having it in this place, in that place, and you're thinking about this time period, and then you're coming back to it. No, 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 no. I understand it's flashbacks, but it doesn't make it nonlinear. Nonlinear is Pulp Fiction. Nonlinear is eternal sunshine of an eternal light. Or so eternal sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> I messed up the name. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yes, it's a great, great movie, but that's nonlinear. All right, the, the, that's it. flashbacks are different. Uh, Groundhog's Day, 
Tenet. Now, Tenet I had is like with my top 50 when I first saw it. it. Took I had to see it twice to understand it once. I don't know why I watched it in theaters twice. But because <laughs> you, you, you saw it, no, you yeah, saw it first, and yeah. then we all went and saw it, and you yeah. saw it twice. Yeah, right, this is like two right. times in the same week or something like that. Right, and it's good to see movies with friends, but with this one, I realized, oh, this is good versus evil. It's basically almost like a superhero film. I cannot be a hypocrite, and I had to lower it. But still, it gave me something to think about with time and going backwards, and just the very well executed uh, Nolan film in terms of like the, the everything going backwards, and literally it felt like I actually the cars going backwards too. Like, how can you really do that? And it just it just blew my mind away. Just like again, the props and how everything moved along with that. And then Goodfellas at one thirty. I know people are gonna hate me for it, but I'm just not into mom movies. I'm not. You have a rise, you have a fall. It just really feels. Except except one mob movie that's going to be next episode in the top thirty, and you will see what that is. But any any uh, comments you want to hear about those ten? I'm okay. I think. Oh, of course you are, Greg. Of course you are. Oh, so we can keep going. Okay, we can keep going. I mean, tenet, okay, Tenet, I don't care for. We watched it. I'm glad yes. you didn't keep it high up on your list. Thank you. So, I, mean, I, think, I, took, I had to consider bias. But I, I do love Nolan. I think it's just too confusing for just, like, a movie you should honestly watch it once and be able to understand it. Like, Pulp Fiction, even though it's out of order, you can understand yeah. it watching it one time. Tenet, I could watch it five more times, like, in solidarity couldn't understand more than I already did. I actually disagree with you with Pulp Fiction. I rewatched it today in order, so we're going to get to that one. Any words, Scott? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, Tenet, I, it's definitely not my favorite um, Nolan <laughs> It's definitely not my favorite Nolan movie, well, but, but you know, I, I really love um, John David Washington. I love Robert Pattinson. Yeah, good um, the, the performances were great. I, I think my some of the sequences they filmed, especially when they're going backwards and like, trying to sync it up, it blew was me awesome. away. But that's great, which yeah. is awesome. But one issue yeah. that I had was my biggest issue was the audio mixing. I don't the audio mixing. You guys I, are crazy. I don't understand what you when you got, I, I didn't understand when you guys brought that up. I heard everything okay, just fine. I, I yeah, I just thought the it audio be wasn't than mixed. Just fine, double. <laughs> well, I, I the fact that you guys didn't hear. I'm assuming you guys actually listened to the music and the background more. I'm actually trying to listen to the dialogue. Oh, that's what I was trying to listen to. <laughs> I couldn't hear it. <laughs> but you guys are into music. Like you guys do say, like you know, this this has good music, good songs. I again, I take all that for granted. So maybe maybe again, I I really do feel like I pay attention to the dialogue more than at least Greg did. You know, he says it a lot. It, let me ask you this though, because I'm about to bring this uh, movie up. Which one do you think is? And I actually I think I know your answer based on the Dark Knight trilogy or uh, any one of the Dark Knight trilogy movies or Tenet because it's there's still both. Oh movies. geez, every single yeah. Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, every single one of those. Be- yeah. Tenet. Because that falls on 128, and I'm uh, so one, 129. One of my favorite biographies is Christian Bale, Matt Damon, Ford versus Ferrari. I think everyone should check that one out. And electric. I love the performances. But the Dark Knight trilogy really doesn't feel like to me like a Nolan film because when it comes to Nolan, it, you have to give him a blank piece of paper, let him be creative, let him have his fun, and Tenet was that. Now Batman, you had to keep it within a box to which you had a villain and you had Batman. And don't get me wrong, he very well made, probably made the best Batman of all cinema history. I know the Batman. Which sounds weird. It's going to come out with Robert Pattinson. I I don't think it's going to top. Uh, maybe my top the first one. Maybe Batman Begins. Oh man, that would be that would be that would, that would mean the movie is really pretty freaking good. I'm yeah. really hoping for that. That is. Well, when it comes to like the Dark Knight or even the Dark Knight Rises, I'm like it, it, Nolan probably outdid himself in expectations because of just uh a just um 
what he's capable of and what he does as a director. And that kind of reminds me, speaking of, like, uh, movies that are not known, like, based on, you know, like, sci-fi and, like, giving him a piece of paper and, and you know, like, you really have to make it, like, uh, like, he really wants to confuse you, right? Batman's not confusing. Tenet is confusing. But then Dunkirk. Dunkirk, I, I, I should have ranked on it. I had to go back and rewatch it. That's kind of like an yeah. N slash A right now. I so, and, because, uh, because people said, like, they, he did out of order with that four different perspectives. I'm like, that does seem like a Nolan twist to a non-Nolan, like, movie, and I have to go back and check it out. So then, um, let me just try to, because uh, running a little bit long on time, we're going to try to get to 100 as soon as possible. Uh, so then you've got Malcolm X, Inefficient, it was just a bit too long. Still, I love that there was a movie about Malcolm X, and everyone should try it. Maybe check it out and try to do so in maybe, like, two or three sittings, because it is really... Wow, and Greg does definitely encourage not watching a movie in one sitting, which is an abomination. Dirty Harry is a classic at 126. Dawn of Play Days is a personal one to me. I do like the metaphors in that one and some of the symbolisms too in that. Wolf of Wall Street definitely one of the best executed biographies. So many curses probably did itself of itself justice and probably helped its cause. Uh, the man who shot uh, the man who shot Liberty Vance. I probably gave this one a lot more credit because I'm not into westerns. I only watched a few, and I'm like, this is actually a pretty good western, and I, and 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 it's one of the only John Wayne movies I, I've seen. And I know he's he's big time, and so I had to give him his due, especially in that one. Even though you could argue, was he really the support or the lead? Because you also had James Stewart in that movie with him. Uh, Django Unchained. One twenty one is The Handmaiden. The one twenty is The Hateful Eight. Uh, I was just thinking about that actually. What the hateful eight? Yeah, right before. I had like, to rewatch that. I understand. I understand. You know, like nope, watching nope, the ending. Don't first. rewatch it. Nope. No, I had to rewatch. I it. rewatched it. Nope. No, what, no, you, <laughs> no, no. You had to watch the ending first. Well, no, you just watch it the way they show it to you. No, you no, gotta, no, you no, gotta no, watch no. the uh, Tarantino like the five episode Netflix cut. Oh, you did the extended. I watched the original first, and then later on I watched the extended. Not much difference. Yeah. Honestly, if you want to watch a good western, not that really that's more right. if you want to watch a good Tarantino movie not even that I but, like it but it's not you didn't follow my advice then I, I didn't I did a podcast episode about this when you, you should, when you rewatch a movie you watch the ending first or the, or, or then you rewatch it up until the point where you started watching it because everything that leads up to the basically everything in, in the middle and the beginning set up the ending Right, because the director and the actors, the actresses know what's going to happen in, in, towards the end. They all know the script. And you have to do those little clues in there. That's it. Oh wow, I should have realized that. But because you're watching the second there time, there is. They point that Tarantino points that out in, yeah. in his dialogue, his narrative. Yeah, he actually narrates the film at some points, and he does point out these things. Oh, this happened earlier. Yeah, and or and, this and happened then. but if you watch the end, you could still do that anyway. And the exception, I'm just watch them the way they go. <laughs> no, no, that's what you do the first time, and you focus on dialogue, you know, whatever. But when you watch the end, they and and you watch the and then you let's say the last twenty minutes, you go through that. You then you go back to the beginning. You you start the movie. Then you like you're you're thinking you have the ending in mind. How the, how's this relevant towards the ending? So, or the exception is, and I forget if it's out of order, but if it's out of order, then another way to watch something when you rewatch it is to watch it in order, like I told you about with Pulp Fiction. And it took me a while to watch it in order, or Memento, which I, which both of those I will get into. It's in the top 100. If yes, I can just go back, just reflecting over that, the, the past 10 yeah. films, um, definitely a solid list there. Um, you know, some highlights for me, Wolf of Wall Street, Malcolm X. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
Django know. and um, you know, and hatefully, even though it's definitely not Tarantino's best, but um, Malcolm X is is a movie, especially from the history perspective. I think that movie is it's it's probably my favorite Spike Lee movie. That and Do the Right Thing, yeah. um, but I think Denzel is just amazing in that performance. I do disagree with you about the ineffectiveness. I think that with which to, to con- for Malcolm X, okay, to convey. You know, a life story such as Malcolm's, I think it, it, it had to be that long. And I yeah. strongly encourage people, watch the movie, read the autobiography, just because it's something that I think that's not, coming from the historical perspective, I think it's not taught enough in schools. And I think that it's definitely a great movie to watch. So I, I, I actually do agree with you, but I, I, there probably is a sense when it comes to, a movie should be around like two hours. Like, you're not wrong. Well, I love the content. Right. I, I didn't but say it dragged. Think, but, but you think that for most movies, yeah. two hours is kind of a... Yeah, because I know, because there's some people like, great, that like, like you gotta, let's get going here. You know, I got yeah. things to do. I got, you know, and, and for me, I didn't mind watching, watch but it is tough to, to stay involved and, and, and I think Malcolm is kind of like one of those rare movies where it doesn't drag and, and you really do have to like uh, you you feel compelled to keep on watching it and you do keep on watching it but three and a half hours is for anything is still a, a long period of time and so with Mal- Malcolm is again it, it is worth it and he is worth it but then I'm, and then I'm just like could they possibly cut a few a few things out and it probably wasn't maybe the prison like like did they have to make it something as long as it was like like there might have been a point where uh, something in their life uh, in his life that uh, like we understand and they took a little bit too much time and was like even with like a few minutes we would have just understood yeah. by that point uh, so let, let me try, so uh, only uh, I'm going to try to like wrap, wrap, wrap this we've still got 20 more movies but I'm going to cut them into 10 any comments just let me know 119 which is going to start at Her Sunset Boulevard is an absolute classic uh, Double Indemnity the, the plot and the plot twist is most and then of course the ending really had to do with self-justice Stalker one of the most philosophical movies really got me to think it's a Russian film and if you if you if you ask Ryan, Russians do make some good films. I think even it's one of his uh, favorite directors. He told me, uh, Ex Machina. I rewatched that. I had to admit that it got it got me to think about you know humans mm-hmm. versus robots, and that's definitely something too that that's philosophical. Or like, uh, could they have a emo- Could computers have emotions? You know, if you really like turn them to human, to which they yeah. they can I mean, I, sort of. Uh, Parasite at one fourteen. People do love. This film, and don't get me wrong, I, I I do too. And don't get me wrong, if if you think that something is too low, like people might think, oh my god, that should be in your top fifty, top whatever. Trust me, there's tons of great movies out there, and every movie that I'm going to give, you can make an argument for that they should be above one or the other, you know. So it's not disrespect to Parasite. One fourteen is very good for a list that involves over two hundred movies. And I will say again, maybe a little bit too gory for me. And I'm starting to remember a little bit at towards the ending, but 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 still, I do really like the plot and like you know, and. I really felt like it was good acting in that one. It kind of felt realistic too. Uh, if that were to occur to me, or if I was the rich family, you know, either either or. American Psycho, American Beauty. So great acting in American Psycho, and it made you think at the end there: Did he really kill them? Um, was he really living the whole thing? American Beauty. I I moved this up a, a, a lot because I realized that uh, the kid's not as strange, not as weird as I thought. I will say it's it's one of the best beginnings of all time. Like the guys filming. Um, the, the girl with the camera and, and, and she's like talking about I don't like my dad you know and the, and the cameraman uh, the neighbor the guy who uh, they eventually date the two she's like do you want me to kill, uh, kill him for you and, she, and she's like will you and, it's, and it just stops right there and it gets it cuts 
to the start of the movie, and I will say that got my attention right away, even better than a hook in an, in an essay. So I will definitely say, and also just, again, so much thought into it, and, and it, just, it, it is very weird all over the place, but I will definitely say it's a movie that is a must-see. Uh, the Godfather 2, uh, I brought this up in the previous episode as an example, just 3 hours and 20 minutes, and I felt like it should have been 4 hours and 30 minutes. They just jam-packed a lot, with even with that much time, and I was just confused, and I felt like it, like it almost was stopping my head trying to absorb so much information, even though uh, Robert De Niro did really deserve the Oscar, and Pacino could have deserved one too. I know he got nominated. Spirited Away... Not too big into anime, but still, this is a great, great movie. And I do recommend dipping yourself into animation a little bit. There's another one coming up in the next 10. Spirit Ray is one of them. But with uh, with uh, that, uh, with, and I have to admit, also pretty emotional a little bit too. Any any thoughts with the, the previous 10 that I just said? Yeah, I mean, that, that's an excellent list yeah. there. Um, you know, Highlights, Parasite, American Psycho, Spirited Away. I mean, obviously, you know, Godfather Part Two, but excellent list right there. Uh, Ex Machina, I think that's great. I, where mm-hmm. you have it, that's good. You didn't touch on, I guess, the actual point of it, but that's like I think what you said about like robots versus <laughs> men is like a thing. But I think it's more about like God. I mean, cause, you could say that. Oh, cause, the, I, I that when I rewatched it, you're right. Because Ex he, Machina actually means it's a subtle. About, I forgot the translation of it, but it's like. No, no. When the when the guy was talking to the the employer that that the, the bearded guy, and he's like, you're you're like a. a God for uh, like testing out uh, a robot and and us humans not realizing it's a robot like and, and basically like something with the turn test and basically like what with um, uh, AI you know like yeah. the, just the, just like with his knowledge and, I, and and it was subtle and there's a there's a lot of things that are subtle and I do recommend if you do rewatch it religion does play a bigger factor than you expect. And when it comes to F Machina, it's not a big subtle thing, but it does uh, come uh, come up, and I'm like, you don't have to call him God, you know, like he just happens to be blessed with so much ta- uh, talent that, that he's actually using his ability. But no, you're not completely wrong about that. I definitely don't disagree with that. 109, I mentioned, I alluded to this a little bit with Mel Gibson and, and directing, is Hacksaw Ridge. I, I think out of all of the biographies, I may be wrong about this. But this is one that I I felt like one of the best biographies of all time. Like I, I so another war movie, and yes, there were tons of war movies out there. But the fact that I'm a little bit biased, and I still had to account for that. But I just love the message that don't conform. And he didn't. He didn't want to shoot a weapon. He didn't, and he still made a big impact. That was a true story. They conveyed it very well. It was very well executed. I know Mel Gibson is not the most well liked person today, but what he did with this movie cannot be understated. And I think it did win some awards as a should have yeah, and, I, and I really do f- feel like after the, all the biographies I am completely uh, wrong to, to apply it to this one because it did really out, outdo itself uh, you also have Living in Oblivion to which that does take you back a little bit like what is it like to direct a movie what is it like behind the scenes you really see the egos of the one actress the one actor they potentially date you know like when, you, when you're with someone for so long and you're acting with them don't be surprised that they have some kind of kindling of a, of a relationship and that does happen in the Hollywood industry and, that, and, and with Living in Oblivion I know there's some things you think about too but I just really like that a movie going through what it's like to make a movie uh, and then you also have Moon. I, I for some reason I really really like this. I don't remember so much about it. I know there's some action uh, that uh, that justifies the, the tension 
and the drama. But I will, I will definitely say, um, when it comes to space movies, I probably, I probably do skyrocket them more on this list than than say a western or a romance or whatever because it's so hard to execute that kind of stuff. But yet they make it look so easy, especially in today's society. You also have a movie like Gravity, which I think is higher on, on this list somewhere. And so I, I just, when you have a space movie, I really feel like uh, I'm in space. And already you're doing your job, you're well, you're doing it well executed beyond the acting. And I got to give you points for that. Um, to which it kind of like, in, like, just by doing that one kind of movie, you're already influencing the chances of, get, of getting high on this list. And, 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 and Moon probably is the first one, first space movie I recommend. And the fact that it's already this high on list says something for it. If you're thinking of a space movie, it's probably going to be in the top 100, in which I think it should be, but also a little bit of bias within the system that I have with, with, with the equation that I explained last episode. Then you have Gladiator. Uh, great acting. I actually heard uh, on radio that someone thinks it's overrated that Joaquin Phoenix should actually get more career. Both of them should. I think I feel like they had a good dynamic between the two. I love the history involved, which was more explored. I'm into Roman history, and I even was taught Latin. I think we all were by uh, Miss McCrow or Miss Donor. I guess shout out to her too, just like we did for uh, Mr. Gibson. But yeah, no, Russell Crowe, I feel like that's his defining role. Even uh, I would say that role more than LA Confidential, and I felt like he was good in it. He did not have that much personality. The warrior was not supposed to, and he did a good job with like the, the violence and you know, and whatever. And he, and, 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 he, and, and when I rewatched it, I felt like he had a sense he wanted to die. He did die, and I definitely will say uh, it was it was it was subtle, but it was it was very much well done and a little bit too long, but still and dragged on a little bit, but still very much well done. Then you have The Shining, uh, Marriage Story, Grave of the Firefly. So that's the anime I was alluding to. That's definitely one of the saddest movies. I definitely cried a lot with that one. Uh, I definitely do recommend it. If you're not going to watch a lot of anime, watch Spirited Away, Grave of the Fireflies. Casablanca, a classic. I have to go back and rewatch it to not even just the impact that it had from the movie industry, but also just the plot itself and uh, the ending and the possibly the, the, tri- the romantic triangle. I have to go back and rewatch it one last time. And then Three Billboards Outside Ebing. I actually had a lot of expectations for it. It's still a good plot, but I thought they were going to find the killer. They didn't. Kind of like the little things, you know, like they didn't find out who really committed the crime. But I still like the, the fact that the sheriff had cancer, the, uh, the mother trying to find um, the, the, the daughter's killer. Um, I also think rapists, too. I think the, the, what, uh, the, the murder was alleged doing to her, too. Um, but, I, but I will say that it was fictional, but it felt realistic. Like you, I'm glad that we have never been in a position where we had a friend or brother, sibling killed, murdered. Because if we were, we would have been told like like the mother. We want answers. We want yeah. we we want a close. And to feel that, and also great acting. Uh, all around great cast, but I felt like that was a, I liked a movie that depicted that and it felt real to me, especially when they chose a city, a town you never heard of, Ebing, Missouri. So those are uh, the top of uh, the top um, 230 down to 101 before we close here and we have to move on to the top 100. Any last words with uh, the top 10, the, the top the 10 recent ones I just said? Marriage Story, good performances. Oh, absolutely. Great, great yeah, performances. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Scarlett I knew you Johansson. guys quit touching that, so I yeah. know I didn't yeah. have to. Yeah. So, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver, uh, yeah. you, you can just take almost any sequence from that movie, and it just feels like 
someone just put a camera in like some somebody's house and you know just witness absolutely YouTube um, I actually have a movie like that that I put him at the top 10 that, that uh, I think Marriage Story was inspired by mm-hmm. and I think if you know what I'm talking about and you've seen you know what movie that is uh, I feel like I didn't talk about The Shining a yeah, lot. Yeah, I, the, I classic I, Kubrick. So yeah. that's be, so that's because you know it's based on a book, and I think Kubrick, for the most part, did all of his based on books except for Pass of Glory. I think that was the one that he kind of strayed away from. But with that one, it really that really makes you think with like the spirits, and you also have the end where uh, Jack Nicholson's character uh, is in the photo, you know. But yet yeah. that was like a hundred years before that was taking place. That just made me think like what. what do I have to discard what just happened? Like, do I really have to count on the narration to provide me with the truth here? To which we will get into way more into narration when it comes to other uh, the, the movies uh, in the top hundred. But any last words about uh, the list that uh, up to uh, up and through this point? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I mean, you know, to to be even in the top two hundred movies of all time is is a monumental feat, and I think that there's, uh, I mean, obviously we disagree on some, but of course, um, but there's a lot of great movies in there. Um, and, and I would argue that every single one of them, if you are a film buff, whether you like it or not, you should at least, you know, check these movies out if you get the chance to. Yeah. And Greg, any last I words? agree with Scott there, yeah. Yeah. All right, so definitely stay tuned for the next episode. I know kind of like a cliffhanger, but of course we cannot make this like a three-hour episode. So in a few days we will post it. But as of right now, me, Scott, and Greg are going to go through the top 100. Unfortunately, you're going to have to wait for it. But until then, just just stay tuned. Just, 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 just hold on. Hold on to your horses. We will get you that episode. But until then, we will do that right now. But for you, not yet. So stay tuned for that. We will do that soon. But until then, take care. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at High Voltage with Double A.